What's going on, everybody? It's Cooper and James, and we are from the back pens. James, how you doing on this fine Tuesday morning? Just relaxing, hanging out, fixing to uh, do some exercises pretty much all day long, trying to get better to where we can go cover some events live together. That'll be fun. Heck yeah, man. I'm just sitting in Sulphur, Oklahoma. We just got in last night, so doing this from a hotel room. So it won't be the easiest process, but we'll get it done. I ain't too worried about it. It was a good weekend of bull riding in uh, Milwaukee. They didn't ride as many bulls as they kind of have been in the past as far as guys stacking up multiple rides, but they still got quite a few road from what I can remember. So it's going to be a pretty exciting episode. We're going to talk about that, what went down on the Velocity Tour, and of course, what's in store for the PBR this coming week. So without further ado, grab them slides, boys, because we're coming at you from the back pans. So I think we'll start off with our Velocity Report. The Velocity Tour had two events this past weekend. The first one was a two-day event in North Charleston, South Carolina. Your winner of that event was Michael Lane. Michael Lane had 261 and a half on three head. He accrued 41 and a half world points. Michael Lane's a guy we've been seeing for a while, James. So I'm not surprised by him having success. No, and since the inception of the Velocity Tour, he's the winningest guy ever on that tour. And if you look back to last year, it took the last guy out to beat him. And he wasn't even there because of injuries. Like they were even talking about, well, if he's still the year-end champion, then he'll get the money and we'll bat in the buckle. The announcers were even talking that way. That's how dominant he was last year on that tour before injuries. So not surprised at all. Yeah, he's a guy that's been around for a while. He's won a pile of those events before, so that's really not a surprise there. In second place, Dakota Lewis, 257 points on three head. He earned 25 world points. In third place, Alisson De Souza, 246 points on three head. He earned 12 and a half world points. And then he had a tie for fourth and fifth. Zeke Mitchell, 175 on two head. He earned 10 and a half points. And Connor Halverson, 175 on two head as well. He also earned 10 and a half world points. All four of those guys really have been on the UTB tour before. So yeah. pretty stout lineup at, at a Velocity Tour event. And Zeke looked really good. He let one get away. I did watch part of it on Pluto TV. He let one get away, and then he came back in the championship round and just, you know, dominated that bull. I think it's what Zeke's going to need. I think he'll have a week or two left to get on tour. And then he'll be back on tour and confidence will be where it needs to be. And then he'll get to rolling. I think, like you said, Zeke needed to come back to the lower levels and kind of find that groove a little bit. And I think it won't take him long and he'll be back to being the Zeke that we all know and, and remember. The second Velocity Tour event of the weekend was in Lexington, Kentucky. This was a one-day event. And your winner is Francisco Morales, 169.5 on two head. He earned 38 world points. Now, I'm not super familiar with this guy, James. Do you know anything about him? Oh, do I know anything about him? That guy is a phenomenal guy, phenomenal human being. I spent some time with him. Back whenever I was 
going to some bull riding with Bonner and Chase and my best friend Stetson Lewis back in the CBR days in 2011. He was on that tour then, and he's probably the most well-known. He may have made more money than Rocky McDonald as far as a, a Mexican champion goes. He'll lead their Global Cup, and he's a heck of a guy to do it. And it's good to see an older guy have success like that and be able to get on tour. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Right. It's always good to see see those top-notch individuals finding success at the PBR. And rounding out the top five, you've got Casey Coulter. He finished in second, 165 and a half on two head. He earned 24 world points. In third, Ramon DeLima. 157 and a half on two head. He earned 13 world points. In fourth, you had Coy Robbins, 87 and a half on one. He earned 13 world points. And in fifth place, Marcus Mast, 87 on one head. He earned eight world points. So you've got some UTB experience in that top five as well in Marcus Mast and Ramon DeLima. So pretty seasoned set of velocity riders there. What did you think about this event? Oh, I think it's great anytime, anytime you can see an old veteran step up and do his job and to make the tour at his age. I think he's probably older than me, so he's got to be closer to 37, 38 years old, one of the oldest guys on the, in the PBR in general. So, maybe the years the old guys with DRV and him coming in there too and Ben Johns, you never know. Yeah, it's good to see guys with some age having some success, no doubt. The Velocity Tour, again, has two events this weekend. The one in Youngstown, Ohio is a two-day event, and the second one in Memphis, Tennessee is a one-day event. So more opportunities for those guys to accumulate points and keep moving up those standings in hopes of getting up to the UTB level. And speaking of the UTB Tour, they were in Milwaukee, Wisconsin this past weekend. It was another weekend with a 15-15 bucking battle in it, and they rode three of the 15. That's not a bad ratio. Your winner of the bucking battle, Luciano DeCastro, 91 points on Diddy Wad Diddy of Cord McCoy's. He earned 59 world points. James, what did you think of the bucking battle? I thought it was pretty standard as far as, you know, you're not going to see very many bulls rub, but when you do, most likely going to be very, very high 80s or over 90. The bucking battle was really good. Everything that happened that I thought would happen pretty much did, uh, except for Eli. Last time he was a nice surprise to keep this momentum going from last week. He went four for four. Also, a really nice surprise was to see um, Luciano DeCastro ride, do what did he, which I figured he would do, but the biggest surprise of all, the best part for me was Dalton Castle Moonlight Party. That's a front runner in my eyes right now for the Bucking Bull of the Year. They marked him 47 points. Yeah, that's a bull they've been given some really high bull scores to, and he's been bucked a lot early this year. I mean, he's been to quite a few of these earlier events, so he's got more outs than a bull like Whoopa or even chiseled. So as far as getting his minimum number of outs, that shouldn't be a problem. But if he does have a a dud day here or there, he's probably going to have enough outs where that dud score will get dropped. Whereas some of these other bulls in that race aren't getting used as much. So that's good to see from, uh, like you said, Moonlight Party. In second, Mauricio Morea, he was 90 on Big Black. And now this is one I figured he'd get along with. 
pretty standard score there. And like you said, Eli gets one road to keep his hot streak going. We move over to the actual event. Your winner of Milwaukee, JRV, the old guy. He does it again. 263 and three quarters on three head. He earned 137 world points. JRV just looks really good right now. He's getting a lot of bulls road. And I know Jose's back, but he's been consistent. I mean, he's been getting a lot of bulls road at every event. It's going to be hard to catch him if he keeps us up. Yeah, that's for sure. And I think I got to back up just a hair around one just because. I think it's worth mentioning that Kyler Oliver was the number one man in the world coming into round two because of where they placed. He got bonus points in the round and JRV didn't. So he was number one for one day. And I think that just really fire even more under JRV because he doesn't have very many years left. He can't have very many years left. A handful, maybe two or three, be my guess. But you never know. They're getting older and older and better shape all the time. It's just something that I'd like to see him continue. It's just to just keep knocking them down and see if he can't win any more world titles. I think out of everybody in the locker room that don't have one, he's probably the one that deserves it the most. Yeah, a guy like him, he's been in that race, like a serious player in that world title race multiple times before. Hasn't gone his way in the past, so hopefully JRV can change that before he retires. In second place, Cody Teal, 258 and a quarter on three head. He earned 94 world points. It was good to see Cody Teal get back to being the Cody Teal that we all know him to be. It's been a little bit of a slow start this year for him, but he had a really solid weekend. Gets all of them rode out there, gets a second place finish. That should help him move up in those standings. Yeah, I'm making a shot at the Global Cup because he's now consistently starting to make short rounds. As last week, he made short rounds too. He knows the Global Cup's on the line, plus he knows it's shortened season, plus he's got two go buckles for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. Cody Teal's no slouch. In third place, we had Eli Vassbinder, 257 and three quarters on three head. He earned 79 and a half world points. So three guys get three road. That's a pretty good ratio, in my opinion. You don't see that a whole lot. You know, this year has been a little different, but good weekend for Eli. He gets another good chunk of points there. Eli's really on a hot streak right now. How many in a row is it? Like nine? Eight. Eight in a row. So that's in modern day bull riding. That's pretty dang good. I don't look for the train to get off the track anytime soon. As long as he keeps fundamentals and just keeps riding the bull, that's the thing. Is yeah, I'm sitting here and I'm talking about it, but that's the thing I've noticed. The guys like JRV and the guys like Jose Vitorlime, Cooper Davis, your top tier guys. Very rarely do you see the bull going sixty and the guy going ninety. And Eli's one of the best at that. Actually, just riding what the bull does. And right now. He's in a groove, an event win, and he's number one in the world, probably as hot as it is. Yeah, Eli, he's been hot. And like you said, I don't think he's going to get off the tracks anytime soon. In fourth, Jose Vitor Leme, 180 on two head. He earned 68 world points. And if you watch the event and you had him on your Rank Ride Fantasy team, go check them out over at www.rankridefantasy.com. You were probably a little worried Friday night. He didn't look uh, overly good Friday. Had kind of not a very 
very rider friendly bolt that in round one and got him on the ground, but he comes back strong on Saturday and he gets two road for a fourth place finish. So that's good to see from Jose Vitor Leme. Oh, absolutely. And you know what my, my favorite part of it was? After he hit the ground Friday night, it was the first time I didn't see him just get up and walk out of the arena. He kind of blew his arms up in the air. He showed some emotion that I'm not used to seeing, kind of an angry emotion. We're used to seeing him being overly happy and joyful when he makes the whistle, but not used to seeing that kind of fire. So that fired me up, and I was glad to see it. Yeah, it's good to see from the champ. And if he takes that momentum into the next events coming up, you're probably going to be seeing his name in this top five a lot more. In fifth place, Dalen Swearingen, 171 and three quarters on two head. He earns 46 and a half world points. Pretty solid showing for Dalen, I thought. Yeah, he's not going away anytime soon. And he's going to every event he can go to. He'll go to those WCRAs and whatever he can get into outside of the UTV because he's wanting it. He's going hard. He's used to going harder than most of those guys with the exception of a few because he goes to pro rodeos during the summer normally and tries to make the NFR. But I don't know what he'll do with this team deal. And if they'll just give him a choice, hey, do you want to rodeo this summer and do you want to do this team deal? I don't know how that's going to work. So we'll see where he ends up there and how the rest of his year goes after this year. But he's going to be in the top two or three by the time this season's over. Yeah, Dalen is a guy that ain't afraid to go get on a lot of bulls. I mean, he goes to touring pros, velocities, PBR Canada's, like you mentioned, pro rodeos. He ain't afraid to go put his hand in the bull rope. And I know normally we only talk five deep in this, but I think the sixth place guy is worth mentioning. Jess Lockwood finishes in sixth, 160 and three quarters on two head. He earned 25 world points. And this is a guy, it's good to see something going for him. It's been a pretty tough start to the year. And I actually thought we saw glimpses of the old Jess this weekend. We saw emotion out of Jess Lockwood week that we haven't seen in quite a while. He even mentioned to Kate on TV that he was tired of everybody saying he didn't want to be here. And I was one of those guys who admittedly questioned whether or not he wanted to be there. But he proved me wrong and everybody else too. And I like to see him stop off those bull rope kick stuff because people don't realize that these guys don't get paid unless they stay on. And if you're not wanting to win, then don't show up. And if you don't win, you're supposed to be aggravated about it. So I like to see a guy get fired up like that. That pushes them forward to the next week. Yeah, it's good to see that emotion from Jess. He's usually kind of a pretty fiery guy, whether he bucks off or goes 90 on one. He's usually going to let you know how he's feeling about it. So I think, like you mentioned, that's a good thing to see from Jess. The Jess that won two world titles, you knew if he did something good, you knew if he did something bad. That's just how he is, and it's good to see him getting that back. Do you have any closing thoughts from Milwaukee, James? Was there anything else that stood out to you as far as outside the top six? Looking back at round one, so now I've been a bull riding fan and around the sport for years. So I'm not going to sit here and spend an hour giving you all my credentials. But I have never seen a guy lose his boot in the bucket sheet and get a re-ride because of that. Should he have gotten a re-ride because of it? Yeah, probably just because of a freak deal. But at the same time, 
You're supposed to tie your boots on, tie them just where they don't come off and first jump out of the chute. But Marcos Gloria, the first, the first night, got to rewrite. I don't know, Cooper. You ever seen anything like that? I sure haven't. I've never seen a boot completely come off, but I did have mine slip on my foot one time. I didn't tie my boot on tight enough in it. First jump out, like my foot was all the way up in the top of the boot. So I basically didn't have a spur on one foot, but I've never seen one completely come off. I was running bulls to the back to the trailers. And before the short round started on Saturday night, Joe Hales, he's the flank man this past weekend for the pages down there. He asked me to pick one flank because he had one one short rounder. He's holding four flanks. He said, pick the hot one. We need a big time bull score. I picked one. He put it on Jake Metal's Grand Theft and Jose Vitor Lemmy goes 92 on him. So, uh, Joe, if you're listening to this, I, I'll accept my thank you anytime now. So does Jose Vitor Lemmy owe you a steak? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't be opposed if he wanted to buy me a steak dinner. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, other than that, you know, Milwaukee was a little bit tougher for me to watch as much of it as I'd have liked to just because I was working and we needed to get this done today, basically with my schedule. But good week of bull riding. I did get to see some of it on the monitors in the back. And like the short round, I thought Jose made a really good ride. It was, what, 92 on Jake Metal's Grand Theft from the pages. Yeah, there's a lot of exciting stuff. So with that being said, I think we'll move into the rank ride fantasy portion of this podcast you can find them at www.rankride.rankridefantasy.com excuse me their instagram is at rank ride fantasy facebook just type in rank ride in the search bar it'll pop up and at rank ride tv on youtube so that's where you find rank ride fantasy at for those of you that don't know what it is it's fantasy bull riding fantasy football fantasy basketball, uh, baseball, they're all becoming really popular. And Rank Ride Fantasy gives you an outlet for that if you're a bull riding fan. It's a pretty simple game. You pick two riders from each tier. There's three tiers. So that means you'll have six riders on your team and you'll have three bulls on your team, one from each tier as well. As far as the intricacies of the game goes, you get the points for the, the ride score. There are some bonus points. There's a probability, like a ride percentage for each matchup. The name of the game is getting your bulls rode and getting bull scores. Would you not agree, James? Absolutely. I think it's even more important to get your bulls rode than it is to get bull scores. If you know if they don't work together, it's just like real life bull riding. We don't get re-rides in this deal unless the guy does, of course, on TV and he takes it, but to get six rows, you're going to win a pile, get a way up there in the standing and get a check, most likely. Yeah, the rider scores are more more important for sure than having a big-time bull score. If your guys only get one bull row in the weekend, you're probably not going to find much success. So me and James are from the backpins team. We finished in 13th place this week. Not terrible, but not as good as we'd have liked. What did you think about our team this week, James? I think, you know, considering where we're coming from, Ben, that we've only done it for two weeks, this is by far the best one we've had. And it's only going to be moving up from here. So everybody else, look out. Yeah. So we went with Joao Ricardo Vieira in round or uh, tier one, sorry, for riders. And he won the event. So that's a good pick on our part. Jose Vitor Leme was our other 
tier one rider and he racked up 185.97 rank ride points and we went with manaba as our tier one bull 44.36 points on the weekend for manaba what did you think of our tier one selections james you can't do any better yeah you know it's tough to leave jose out of your lineup for tier two riders we had marco aguche 88.53 88.53 rank ride points and Joao Henrique Lucas 5.6 rank ride points. Not real great from Joao Lucas there. And we had Cherry Bomb as our tier two bull. He gave us 42 points. So tier two wasn't overly great for us. I mean, we got scores out of Marco and the bull, but nothing from Joao. So it's tough to really be in that top five without getting six scores, like you said. Exactly. And our tier three riders, we had Jess Lockwood, 169.24 rank ride points. And Kyler Oliver, 93.85 rank ride points. And we got 42.76 from our bull L47 in tier three. So not a bad showing from our tier three riders. I wish Kyle Oliver or Kyler Oliver would start training together instead of just driving one a weekend, but... As long as we really put him down there that far, I will pick him every time because I'll take one weekend. Yeah, he's been consistently getting at least one road pretty much everywhere he's went. You know, he hasn't put it together where he's had that big weekend like he did in New York since then, but he's still been pretty consistent getting one road. So as far as rank ride themes going into the next weekend, we're going to talk a little bit about some injuries for some guys that you probably should think twice about using just in case they do not compete. If you look at Marcelo Procopio Perea, he's a concussion or had a concussion in Milwaukee. So it's kind of tough to say if he'll clear protocols, but a lot of times they do in a week. So he's a guy that I don't expect to be out for too long. You look at a guy like Stetson Lawrence that says he had a left arm burner. That's literally what it says on the website last weekend in Milwaukee. So I'm not quite sure what that means, but it doesn't sound super serious. Cannon Cravens bruised left hip, but I'll tell you this right now, when he left the arena in Milwaukee Friday, walking was very hard for him. So he's one I would definitely monitor because it looked a lot more serious than that. Like he wasn't putting any pressure on that leg. Next, we come down to Cooper Davis and we had ran into him outside the hotel this past weekend. And he didn't compete in Milwaukee, but he told us shoulder surgery Wednesday. He uh, dislocated that shoulder and he's got a bunch of stuff going on up in there. So he's going to have surgery on Wednesday and get it fixed. So I don't know what his recovery from that surgery will be. I'm going to assume it'll be six months, probably at the minimum. That's big news for a guy like Cooper Davis. That's big and that's bad. For him, for everybody at Bull Run, because he's one of the more popular guys and more fun guys to watch just because the way he can style him up. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a tough break for Cooper. He was having not the best year he's ever had, but a guy like him, you can never count him out being a player in that world title race. Cole Melanson, strained right thigh, and Adriano Salgado, left shoulder dislocation. That happened a couple weeks ago. Sam Woodall as well, Chase Outlaw, you know, Austin Richardson. I know he was going to be potentially coming back for this event and Kaike Pacheco is still going to be out. So there are some notable injuries. Some of those are more serious than others, but they're always something to monitor when you're making rank ride picks. Wouldn't you agree, James? 
Absolutely, because at least for now, we don't have any alternatives. We're just stuck with whatever we're stuck with, whether they show up or not. With some of these guys with these injuries, you're not going to know until shortly before the event. So if you do have them in your lineup and they don't compete, you don't get a replacement. So it's one of those deals, even if you really like a guy and you're not 100% sure, you might want to think twice about using them. What are some other things you look at as far as strategies going into this next week of Rank Ride Fantasy? This particular weekend, I'll probably know most of the Bulls, at least in the second round. I think it's a classic weekend. I'm not 100% sure on that, but it's Oklahoma City. It's one of the tougher events on the guys because they're centrally located, so it's pretty much easier for any stock contractor to get to. In Oklahoma and Texas and Missouri and places like that, it's kind of the hub for most of your really ranked bulls. Yeah, you've got some guys up north like Chad Berger and stuff like that. But as far as like a central hub, you're talking Oklahoma and Texas for bull power. So the power is going to be off the chart. Don't know how many they're going to get real cheap. Do you know right offhand if it's a one or if it's a two day or a three day event? It's two days. Round one's going to be classic bulls. And one thing to note about those is when you're at this point in the year, these bulls are not that seasoned. You know, they're just starting their four-year-old year. So they haven't necessarily been hauled into this kind of environment a lot as far as a UTB level event. I'm not saying they don't get hauled. They get hauled to a bunch of maturities, you know, derbies, stuff like that when they're younger. But this is one of the first times they'll be exposed to this kind of an environment where they're going to have the best guys in the world getting on them, all the side stuff that comes with it, the loud music, the lights. It's just a different environment for these bulls, and there's no way of knowing how they're going to handle it till they're in that environment. So even if you've seen the bull a whole bunch and he looks like he's going to be really good, you get him into that environment, and it, it can be a recipe for disaster or it can be a recipe for a really good bull ride. You just don't ever know. And that's why I enjoy watching the guys come down from the Velocity Tour, or up, rather, from the Velocity Tour to the UGV. It's for that exact same reason. Bigger lights, bigger money. Uh, in the locker rooms with your heroes, the guys you see on TV every week, and how they handle it. You know, that's pretty impressive. And, you know, moving forward, talking about RankBadFantasy.com, yeah, mentioning rank ride, I think you you got to look really seriously at Eli Vassfinder. You always got to look at JRV. You always got to look at, at Jose V. Torlima. And then the rest of it, I have no idea because we don't know what the tiers are going to look like until the draw comes out. Yeah, so what do you think of using even a guy like Jess Lockwood? Like, Do you think he'll be up in Tier 2 this week, or do you think they're going to leave him in Tier 3? Because Tier 3, if he's in there, I'm probably looking at using him dang near every time. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, there's a possibility he could be in Tier 2. There's also a possibility that Mauricio Moreta could still be in Tier 2, but I don't look for him to be. The way they do that is based on... A lot of different variables. It just depends. Like Kyle Oliver is probably still going to be in tier three, even though he's number two in the world. So there's a there's a whole method behind the madness, and we'll have to get played long on here and let him kind of explain that to not only us but everybody. 
it's going to be fun anyway. I think that classic round, they might ride eight or they might ride 20. You never know with those classic bulls. Yeah, they, they definitely don't have as much evidence or information on them as they do normal bulls. So it's one of those deals. Some guys tend to handle it a little better than others, but the one thing, if they're paying to enter the bull, you should have a chance to win. Do you have anything else you want to bring up heading into this week in Oklahoma City? Just that I'm looking forward to it, hoping, hoping we can get some more points and move up in the standings ourselves. Yeah, the entry entry system's really easy. It's free to play right now. You get opportunities to win real money over at rankridefantasy.com. So it's something you should definitely look into if you aren't already playing because it does make for a really interesting way to follow along with the bull riding when you have your own skin in the game, so to speak. And you can also call out your buddies, call out other teams, get some side bets going. There's a lot of ways you can make it really fun. So it's definitely a good experience. Me and James play every week. Other than that, I think that'll about wrap it up, James. Do you have any closing thoughts before we get out of here? As usual, if you don't learn anything from this podcast, learn this. Every day you get from God and what you do with it, quite simply and honestly. That's your gift back to him. God bless. Close yours, buddy. Thanks, James. I appreciate it. And back at you. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram at From the Back Pens. We have a Facebook page that's also called From the Back Pens. My email is Cooper from the Back Pens at gmail.com. Rank Ride, we figured we told you where to find those, but one more time, www.rankridefantasy.com at Rank Ride Fantasy on Instagram, Rank Ride on Facebook, and Rank Ride TV on YouTube think that'll about wrap it up. Thanks for listening, guys. And until next time, have a good one. Come back and visit us again from the back pens. Mm-hmm.